a Telltale Pod production. Spirit Bird by Jasbinda Belan Chapter 29 For three torturous weeks we've been imprisoned in the dump, but every night when they lock us in with spiders as large as my palm and black rats that swarm every inch of the floor, we hone our escape plan. Jivan keeps chipping away, rallying the kids that are too scared, until only a few say it's too risky. It's taken hours of surreptitious observation of the guards and how they operate to get all the information we need, but the resulting plan is actually quite simple. Nevertheless, we've been through it over and over again, until we can all say it off by heart. When the dump truck comes around 5pm to collect the scrap metal, we'll watch for when the driver gets out to help with the loading. Jeevan knows how to drive because of the tractors back home, so he's going to jump in the driving seat. The rest of us will pile in the back. There are loads of us, and only a few adults, so they won't be expecting this. We should be able to do it. We've been watching the driver punch in the code for the gate, and we've memorised it. So we're all set. Last night we all watched the waning moon in the sky, ticking towards half, meaning it's just over a week until Diwali, until Mina comes for her money. But we're ready for action, ready for escape. We still have time to find Papa and get home before Mina takes it. I wake early, and as the grey light seeps through the small windows, I think about the danger I'm putting everyone in. But we have to get out, otherwise we'll die here. I hold my pendant, feel my courage rising, and prepare myself. For the battle ahead. Wake up everyone! I yell, fire whipping through my blood. We need to go over things one last time so we're all absolutely sure of what we're going to do today. The bodies writhe and stir like they're part of some mythical creature with hundreds of stretching arms and legs. I shake Attica awake. She yawns and rubs the sleep from her eyes. Come on, everybody, get ready, says Jeevan. What happens if it all goes wrong, says Taran, looking towards the floor. The treat is worse than ever. It won't go wrong, says Jeevan, standing tall. Stick to the plan, stick together. He looks over to me. All for one and one for all. Jeevan's right, I think about Ma. And Papa, Rohan and Rupa, and Jeevan. 
I stand on the water bucket, speaking in a loud whisper. We'll do it together. I'm feeling stronger than ever today. Each night, when they shove us in here, I hold my pendant and I get a sign that tells me my nanogy is listening. Don't be scared. We're going to get out. As I speak, a rush of red hot anger pumps through me. They have no rights to keep us here. And today we're going to show them our power. I lower my voice. Don't be scared. We'll do it today. My ma taught me to believe in myself. And together we can fight this. Jivan is looking so tired and thin. And although his old bruises have healed, I know he's got fresh marks on his back from the guard's whips. And I feel even angrier. The key turns in the lock. Get up, scum! shouts one of the men. Everyone quietens down, huddling close together, and we file out on into the dump, just like we do every day, silently, eyes to the ground. But inside I know we all have a burning flame, and when the time comes, it will spark into an almighty fire, sending a rush of furnace-hot anger all over the junkyard. As we approach the towering mound of rubbish, my eye is drawn to shadowy grey shapes high in the sky. Lamagayas. Dozens of them. Look, everyone, I whisper, amazed. Look up, there, look how many there are. The other children hold their arms across their foreheads, squinting to get a better look. Wow! They all cry, even Taran. That's incredible, says Jeevan, smiling and squeezing my arm. They spread their wings, circling lower and lower, coming down to land on the high brick wall with a razor wire across the top. When they take off again, the sun bathes their wings in golden light and they fly towards me hovering right above, casting an immense shadow like a gigantic storm cloud over the entire mound. It's like a solar eclipse, says Jeevan, as if he can't believe what he's seeing. The guards stare up, keeping their distance from us, mumbling prayers, pointing at the bronze cloud of birds. One of the birds swoops down, landing right next to me, just like it did the first time in our garden in Mormonali. Nanaji, I say. I know it's you. I stretch my hand towards the tips of the bird's vast wings, and for the very first time, I touch it. A wave of power, like static electricity, shoots down my arm, making it tingle and shiver. Even though I was scared before, all I feel now is closeness, awakening a memory from a long time ago. It is you, isn't it? 
You watched over Jeevan in the forest. It made me strong enough to help him and now you've come because I've been calling you. She stays by my heels while the other birds gather in the sky, forming a wide circle all around the perimeter of the yard. I clutch my pendant and study them, feeling the rhythm which is stronger than all the times before, filling me with new hope and confidence. My nanaji beats her wings, resting one gently on my shoulder, making me feel just like Durga, a warrior princess from the mountain kingdoms, ready to fight the demons. That's the most amazing thing I've ever seen, says Taran, shifting his gaze. So, I'm sorry I ever doubted you. With a tremendous rush of air, my nanaji glides off my shoulders and joins the other Lamagayas in the sky. That was another Tell a Tale Pod production. Remember that you can follow, share and find more of our podcasts at tellatalepod.podbean.com